What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Yeah, so we were just talking about how we both got to go see Amaji and what a, an amazing healing gift that was. And I also think one of the themes that we're both dealing with, I, ironically, we didn't talk about this before we started recording, was um, uh, you get to choose what you read. Like, I, And I know I, I have a tendency, I start my days off, Let's go. Da, 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 da. And then sometime in the afternoon or evening, I do what I call my drift. And I'm not, I'm still trying to explore what exactly happens, but usually it's a version of anxiety. Um, I'm not getting enough done, or I'm frustrated, or I'm feeling less than, or rejected, or afraid, or all of the above. And that's when I have a tendency to want to eat emotionally or read news articles that have nothing to do with anything it's sort of like my you know like driving past an accident you know like yes help but not click on that thing even though i know it has nothing of value it's just like morbid curiosity or something about the whales that are dying or a weird looking fish that washed up and blah 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 i mean it's so interesting how I can be so focused and disciplined <laughs> at some points in my day and then just drifting. Drifting is such a powerful word. I love that. And, and you're right. I, you know, when I think about my energy throughout the day, it definitely, you know, rises and falls, waxes and wings and any other kinds of words you can think of. And so on the one hand, there is that sort of understanding how you roll. If you're more of a morning person, you know, you're going to kind of set up your day in such a way that you're going to do, at least for me, I'll do sort of the more thoughtful stuff in the morning because that's when I'm on my toes thinking. That's where my best brainstorming comes from and all of that. Um, At the same time, there's also the amount of inundation that comes our way and how easy it is. It's almost like snacking in this country. If you go to a lot of other countries, it's hard to snack. In this country, it is so easy to snack. And Mm. I think we have a snack economy in terms of what's available to us information wise. Mm. And so when you're talking about the drift that naturally occurs with us, there's that opportunity to say, really, really a hurricane? Ooh, I got to see what's going on with that. Cause I'm a total, I'm, I'm a weather nerd. I'm a weather maven. I am fascinated with things like that. And so, and it's fine to start into it, but if you're tired and it's towards the end of the day, you can really get distracted and then it's a rabbit hole, right? So it's, you know, weather gateway drunk for Kathy, um, right. you know, leads me into the next thing which just, you know, reading about celebrities or something like that. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I, and I think for me, part of my drift that I'm, I'm just trying to be curious rather than judgmental about it all is um, I am so quick to discount what I'm doing. And I'm so much more interested 
in what you're doing or he's doing or they're doing or, you know, it seems more exciting. It always seems more exciting on the other side of the fence. And that's not just in relationships. And I know this is um, part of my lesson this time around. And I know part of it's because growing up, it was so painful to be here. So I discounted everything that was happening because I had to. That's how I survived. And unfortunately, I continued that as an adult and now as a recovering adult. But I really get it doesn't serve me because I discount the good, the amazing things that I accomplish, as well as the things that are like, well, it's not that bad. Actually, Elaine, you have tolerated way too much BS from the, you know, and so I think part of my, my theme for the week was wake up, you know, at least try to what's really going on, pay more attention. Don't get, you know, it's just, it is, we are in more distractions than ever. And I really think that everybody has ADD or ADHD or whatever the heck it's called, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I, it's, it's the, they're distractions, and you're right when you talk about all these diagnoses and uh, things like that. What are they? Is it, is it really a medical diagnosis or is it just we're inundated and we need to be taught how to curate? That's the big word for me is how do I curate the information I take in? Because we were talking, you were just talking about curiosity. That's a huge thing. That's what makes us good at what we do, both of us, mm, right? right? That's how you're able to imbue humor. That's how you're able to listen, really, really listen. It's how you're able to bring energy to the things we do. So curiosity is huge. It's just that there's so much that you can look at and so many little tempting things that are pulling you away that are, that are dealing with innate parts of us. So it's, so you can still try to override them. You can still say, Oh, you know what? I, I have years of experience. I see what's happening here. You're just trying to provoke my brain. Well, my inner brain and my antiquated, my limbic system or whatever they call it these days, whatever the kids are calling it these days, <laughs> doesn't know the difference. It doesn't right. matter. I can't override it. And when I try to override it, what am I doing? decision fatigue. I am exhausting my brain. Mm. What does that do? There's the drift. There's the drift. There's the snacks, the food, the booze, the whatever, the shopping. I love that. You know, Kathy, I didn't have internet for like forever at my house for lots of different reasons. And I cannot tell you how much uh, energy, because I would have the thought, oh, I have to email so-and-so. And I wanted to do that immediately rather than just write it down. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't have Internet. And half the time my phone wasn't getting on the right Internet or whatever. And and I that must have happened to me 50 times a day. And I remember thinking this is taking so much of my energy, you know, and I just. Yeah, it's, it's so I mean, what a blessing that we have all this free will and choice and a challenge. But yeah, like I used to feel like I should be listening to the news and NPR. I should be. And yet most of the time I felt anxious, depleted and stressed out after I listened to the news, you know? And so I've been really trying to pay attention. Like when I talk to you, I feel I always get energized and I'm laughing. Same with Sheridan, same with other people in my life. So I'm really, you know, like, 
I want to curate my life like as if I were on a Facebook channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I've been having a lot of interactions lately with insurance people. <laughs> I'll quit bragging. You brag about. Oh, I know about my, my, my customer service, my customer service prowess. <laughs> and, and I started to notice this towards the end of my, my corporate days where everything started becoming self-service. Okay. Well, that's okay. Self-service is a good idea. There's also a level of expertise in being able to execute something that a person can do that when you remove that person and you give it to the rank and file, meaning me, you, everybody else who now has to do this themselves, you don't get that level of expertise and it's a lot of frustration and you don't have a common vocabulary. So people are making up all kinds of words. I just had a conversation with someone and there's a difference between copay and coinsurance. Oh my God. You know, but it just happens <laughs> that the number matches exactly the amount of my copay. You know, and so it and so what happens is you have all these people on the front lines. You've got vocabulary that doesn't match up. Every every insurance company has a different way of describing something. And then it's never the person you go to see. The bill, you know, comes or the claim comes in the name of some name you've never heard of before. And, and so how can anybody keep track of that? Oh my you know, God. Even just that alone. But, but that whole idea of self-service, I, I feel like there's been this hollowing out and more is being dumped on us to be able to take care of for ourselves. Um, this happened to me a few years ago in Paris. We were there. Is, hey, oh, darling. Yes, it was actually not too long after the the, the terrorist attack. So it uh, mm. was in November, and we were there about three months later. And while we were there, I got pickpocketed successfully. Good, <laughs> I got I got to hand it to them. I got to hand it to them. I had like twenty five zippers on my bag, but they still managed to find. Evidently, they did. You did hand it to them, but I, I put them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I thought I made it hard. But anyway, um, so we were leaving a few days later and, you know, everything was fine. I, you know, what are you going to do, right? It's, um, you know, right I, I was travel. like, oh, you got my insurance card. Good luck. You have way yeah. better insurance here in, in France, yeah. you know. Yeah, sorry, denied, denied. Nothing's ever going to happen with that card. But um, we were leaving and so we were at the airport. And the airport had all these new procedures because it was like us in New York City after 9-11 trying to kind of figure their way around. Well, at the same time, uh, Air France decided that they were going to cut back on their personnel and make everything self-service. So you had to like check in your (laughs) check in your passport and screen it over this thing. Then this, this, these things print out and you got to rip off the things and put them on your luggage. And you oh, can luggage. you imagine? Put them on and weigh them. And then you have to, and, and, and the thing is, I was okay. I wasn't happy about the fact that I've been pickpocketed, but there we were at a major airport doing all this stuff ourselves with important documents out and around and about. And I had a meltdown. I mean, I just, I'm holding the sticker thing and I just said, please, please, can somebody please put this on for me? And I'm sure I looked like one of those ridiculous Americans who was just like, I'm so helpless. 
I mean, and I'm not. I'm not. I come from a long line of MacGyvers, right? You know, we know how to put together. We know how to get stuff done. But it just flipped me out so much. And I just thought there is something about someone who does this all day long who knows how to do it. Mm. And, and having me do it and all these other people who are, who are complete novices at it, do it. So it, it really, I, so I ended up having this ridiculously American moment because, you know, some, a cop had asked my husband why he was loitering. He's like, my wife is trying to check us in <laughs> and there are no people to do it. Oh my God. That would, yeah. No, I, I still get like, I was, I know I shouldn't brag, but I was at Home Depot. Oh, week. stop. I know it's stop. I was on my, um, my normally daily thing. It wasn't daily this week, but anyway, so I was going and I wanted to get, look at like screens for the window, for this window, for my first floor thing that I have needed to replace for several years. And I finally like, this is a year I'm going to actually really do it. And, um, you know, and then you have like the handy dandy app and so, and of course it's early in the morning and I just love it. How you see all these people with the, aprons on and they see you and they just walk right on by, you know? And so I just kept saying, um, you know, excuse me, can, can you find somebody in screens? Excuse me. Because, you know, I am reading and I'm trying to deduct what is what, and is there a screen I can, you know, all these different things. And, and, but I've learned, I always bring reading with me. I try to come after I've meditated. I've, I try to set myself up to win. <laughs> Home people, home, you know, and um, so anyway, so finally people are like, oh, we're going to call, we're going to call the guy, we're going to call the guy. So here I see this woman coming down and she is so Bronx. She's like, ah, I'm out about, you know, like she's talking really loud to these other guys. And I'm like, oh, I think that's the person. And I'm a little nervous. I got like a little social anxiety, you know, about the screen lady. She was awesome. She was like, oh, honey, come here get this, get this, don't get, get that, do that. You can do it yourself. It's much cheaper. And I said, well, what do I, how do I pick this? I said, she goes, Oh, sturdy here. Like she was awesome. And I'm sure I probably could have deducted all of that without her help, but it was so nice. First of all, to have somebody who seemed like they knew what the heck they were doing and she was happy to help once she got there, but it was just affirming in this sea of, you know, I'm short and I always feel like Home Depot is just like towers of stuff all around. And I'm always going down an aisle that they're closing off. And then, you know, <laughs> always, it's always like, you know, and she probably spent five, less than five minutes with me, but it was actually one of the most satisfying trips I've ever had. And I've been, I had a lot of trips there, you know, <laughs> you do, you, um, you're a regular. I know I shouldn't brag, but anyway, so that was, that was exciting. Well, I wanted us to talk about, um, Amajee cause we had talked oh, yeah. previously about going and you and I got both got to go and I would love it if you would just share, um, you know, what was your experience and just, Tell us a little bit about who she is and all that jazz. Sure. So Amaji, I had only just been introduced to her. So a good friend of mine said, oh, we're going to be up on July 4th and we're going to we're going to go see and get hugged by Ama. And I said, you are. Well, that sounds nice. Well, would you like to join us? I said, um, well, uh, 
um, you know, it's July 4th. I don't have any plans. You know, my husband, my husband was working on a movie and he was away. So, so I, I looked her up a little bit and looked at what she was doing and I said, okay, you know what, let me give this a try. I can't believe I never heard of her because she's hugged like 36 million people and she does a lot of charity work and she really is about love and seeing people and letting people know they're being seen and being touched and being loved. And I thought, I can't think of a better way to spend July 4th, first of all, with you and with two other friends. One was a new friend, one was an old friend, and all wonderful people, than to spend it in a day where love rules and where love can exist. And it was a wonderful day, even though I'm an introvert and I really even though you're in this place and there, there are, there is a lot of love and a lot of feelings of love. It's also cacophonous. It's, you know, there's a lot of noise. There's chanting that sometimes feels less like chanting and more like shut up already. Um, (laughs) But everything about the day was orderly and peaceful and calm. And, um, and then when I finally got up there to hug her, it's kind of hilarious because, you know, you have to put your hands on either side of her and then you put your head down. I know you've had some experiences with her, too, um, but this is my first time. And, she, you know, the language she speaks is not one I understand and nobody's translating. And she's speaking with her swamis and other people and they are doing this beautiful job of lining people up and making it as, you know, making it flow as best it, best they can. And so I'm just lying there. My head's kind of like dangling and then she whispers something in my ear. And then I'm just like thinking, am I done now? Like, <laughs> should I get up? Like, are they waiting for me to get up? And then, no, she just kept, she just kept holding me. And it was just, it was really, really lovely. And then I got up and then you can sit on the stage near her and just watch other people get hugged. Um, and I just, it was just a beautiful way to spend the day and to know that there are still millions of people, many, many people who would really rather live in love than in fear. Mm. You know? Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. You know, so it was so great to get to go with you guys. I, um, I've gotten to experience her two other times before. And then I would know like, Oh, she's coming. But I had resistance about like spending the amount I knew it would take a long time. And, you know, anyway, I'm so glad, like to me, it was like love, freedom, day of freedom, you know, Mm. and it was very healing after some of the trials and tribulations I've been through this past few months. And it was so great to watch you and your friends get hugged. And I really did feel elevated and healed and more peaceful. And, you know, I came back to my meditation meeting in Montclair and I've been sharing about it all week. And I have a keychain because I don't always wear jewelry, but I always have my keys. And and um, I have her picture on my desk to remind me to be kind when I'm on the phone, especially. And um, so I was sharing about her this week in my meeting and this guy walked out today and he said, you know, Elaine, I was on a plane one time and I was flying in first class and I forget, he said from where to where, and she was on the plane with her two main guys and they had asked if he would move so that they could sit together. And he said, yeah, if I get a hug and they (laughs) said like maybe later, maybe later, but he said he could feel his vibration just from like 
being around her and there were all these people that were like bowing down to her and he said she is really like a living saint and this is not an airy fairy kind of guy like you know and and so it was just affirming that it really is such a magical experience and and I just it gives me hope for humanity when people you would never think who might be not open to it are like oh I'll think I'll check that out you know because underneath it all, I think we are love. We just forget who we are. We forget who we are. And I, and I, I just see, I, it, I feel like there's got to be some superhero who only uses their power for good. Mm-hmm. Because coming back to what we were talking about earlier is that a lot of what gets tapped into is fear, is, is innate protective surveillance systems. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean- <laughs> Whoop. DEFCON 5, DEFCON 5. Uh, Kathleen Keegan, uh, we have an emergency. <laughs> it's, it, it, and it gets triggered all the time. First of all, it's a natural part of us, and so it's there to protect us. Um, but most of what it's protecting us from are advertisers. Right. Or clickbait. Mm. Or it, it, it's, it's, that's the thing. I, I wish... I don't think it takes that much more effort to be heart centered than it does to be cold blooded. Right. It takes the same amount of effort, right? Yeah. I I really do. You know, having worked in corporations over the years and I realized I always worked with great people. It was how it was managed. It was the environment that was created. And it is a choice because the fact is it has been proven over thousands of years. You can succeed or fail and be nice or be an, be an ass. Or even worse than that, but we're gonna. I don't want to have to go beep the person. Beep, beep. right? I love it. I so love a big, it. A big beepy episode. Well, so. thank you, Kathy. That was great. You know, I wanted to share with you because you know we're we're creating this because we want to help people who are coaches and entrepreneurs and people who've done personal development and still struggle with like ah, I'm still human. What you know? And um, I wanted to share this because. Cause uh, this was like a small, but huge thing for me this week. So, you know, I'm, I've been in landlord lockdown. In the beginning, there were hovels, but now <laughs> landlord lockdown. <laughs> oh my God. I can see it. The headlines now. So anyway, so yeah, so I'm, I, I had a conversation with my um, realtor who's a, 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 you know, he's been a good friend for a couple of years now about uh, I want to do this intensive it's like a TNT where they do like your credit report and a a background check and it's really inclusive and in-depth and I did that for my first four people and I said this is really great I really looked at it with a fine-tooth comb unlike things in the past and I said from now on let's do this with any applicants and he said okay you want that yeah And so we had that conversation and then literally like a few days later, he sends me an application and there's none of the review thing. And in the past, I would have gotten upset, internalized it. Why? How come nobody listens to me? What am I doing? The It's not, I shouldn't have to deal with this. I'm so sick of this confrontation. Is it because I'm from Texas and I'm short? Like I I just was like, gone into the circle of shame, the shame spiral and making it mean all this negative stuff about myself 
which I did in 0.2 seconds, so much of my life. And, and then, but I didn't do that. I just said, hmm, uh, Brad, I thought we were going to do the da, 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 da. I emailed him and he did not respond. And then I texted him and then I picked up the phone and I said, Hey, aren't we going to do the, I think it's TNT or whatever. He goes, Oh, you want that? I said, yes, absolutely. I want that. Are you going to do that? And he said, Oh, okay. And I, I just didn't, I didn't spend any more time, which is a miracle for me, the recovering drama queen. And, And I really get like, sometimes when you're, I'm, in management, you have to repeat yourself. And that doesn't mean you're a bad manager or they don't respect you. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Like I really get like, that's part of, I don't know, business life, managing stuff. And, and that, yeah. And that, and that was just a huge, huge thing for me this week. Huge. That's awesome. And I love how you did that. And, and I think the thing to, to, to make clear what you were just saying is that all this stuff is happening in a matter of like split seconds. I mean, just small, small amounts of time in the brain. It takes longer to talk about it out loud, Yes. but it's amazing when you can see that starting to happen and say, I don't need to go there. I just need to remind them. And, and that's the whole thing, you know, um, growing up the, the, the way we were, or in, in, in my, in my instance, Nobody taught you anything. They said, go clean this. And so you're supposed to go and clean it. And if you don't do it right, they're like, you did it wrong. Okay, well, show me. Or right. And I think today how I would say to someone, if it didn't come out right, I'd say, you know what? I just want to go over this with you. This little corner here, I tend to miss too. So if you can just make sure you do that. So you're teaching. Right. 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 And, and then also to allow people to be able to ask questions and, 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 allow, and give them that benefit of the doubt. In this case, like it's the first time you guys are just figuring this out. And so he may or may not remember it, didn't remember it. That's fine. So you, you let him do it. And, it, you know, so you reminded him and then he was able to able to do that. And um, it was it was one thing, too, that I learned as a hard lesson in the in the corporate world is don't take me personally, take me professionally. Oh. So in other words, don't take it personally. And learning how to not do that is not easy. Yeah, the hardest things, because, you know, I was just seeing something where, you know, what is mastery about mastery is about being able to take a certain amount of feedback. You know, um, we've done that where we've done brainstorming together and it's all positive. It's not there are ways of being able to create that don't involve somebody smashing your hands with a stick if you're not playing the piano. Right. Although there are many, many instances of people being abused in voice lessons, music lessons, acting lessons, people screaming at you, because there are different schools of thought on that. But I think the thing is we're talking about love and tying things in together is that you can do all the stuff and it doesn't have to be a drama fest and you don't have to hurt people in the process. And so that's what you're doing. You just created a, a new space and you created more space for yourself by not going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And I, I'm just so grateful because for so long I was, I shouldn't have to deal with this or I can't wait till I don't have to deal with this. And, uh, you know, and it's like, well, Elaine, you know what, you have to be your own prince in shining, you know, on the white horse or shining armor or whatever. And recyclable shining recyclable armor. Shining armor. Yeah. I keep hoping you're going to sing about it, Kathy. 
Well, we need to be an echo, you know, as echo, 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 echo. Sorry, that wasn't really singing. <laughs> Is that an echo off the shining armor that's been recycled? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my knight, my knight in shining armor. Follow, 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 follow. Okay. <laughs> okay, awesome. And so... So cool. So we talked about Amma's thing and a recovering drama queen. And I wanted to see, do you have any other cool, like cultural corner? Have you, you know, you're so good at, at um, enjoying New York city. I didn't know if you had any special. Well, I, you know, I went to go see a play on the weekend and my friend's son is in the show. All right. And since the story was based on Medea, um, you know, my husband, quit. Light. Oh my God. Was, was, Tyler Pe- was Tyler Perry, all the characters. And I was like, <laughs> no, not that Medea. Um, but, <laughs> but it was, it was interesting. I, you know, I went in there and we had bought tickets. He was away again. He's, he did the script supervisor thing, which he loved. So I invited a friend from here and we went over and I go to sit down and I'm sitting next to, um, my friend whose son is in the show. Oh, okay. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. One of the things that's really cool about what they do at, at, this is at the public theater is that they give them like two weeks of previews, two weeks of previews, which basically means you've got the director there. You've got all the other people. So you're still making script changes, tweaks, all of that for a two week period which really allows maximal creativity in my book. And this was a talk back, which means that after the show was over, the actors and the director and the playwright were on the stage so we could ask questions. That's so cool. And that's one of my favorite things about living in New York City or anywhere. If you ever are looking to go see something and you see that there's a talk back afterwards, go do that because Mm -hmm. it gives you access to the people who are creating this material. And this, the story was compelling and really, I mean, obviously it's Medea, right? So she like killed kids. So I think, <laughs> I think, we, all, I think we all know where this thing is going. But on the, at the same time, I keep thinking Greek mythology is no different than a soap opera. Yeah. It's the same. It was the execution of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's what a soap opera, that's all, that's, that's what it is. And, some of these things that, you know, let's say they are quote unquote gods, but let's face it, it was probably, you know, like placebo and his friend Tichibus or something like that, you know, that, that were, it, it, it could have been, it could have been anybody, but I right. think Greek mythology is really all about human nature. It's, right. I mean, and again, I, you know, I'm sure somebody listening is like, uh, duh, calf. You just figured this out and that's okay because you know, I, the way I look at it is I'm discovering new stuff all the time. Right. <laughs> and we get reminded of things we already know that we forgot that we know or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. I'd love to talk back. Just, yeah. Just giving people space. When you give people space, they can create more. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, and so many cool little moments happen once a play has been on its feet and, and, and directed and staged. And that to me is when the real art comes, the nuances, right. the moments, the bits that aren't in the script always that are. Then it's locked um, down. 
then it's then, you know, then it's like, this is how you do it because it's that, but you know what? Oh, so I was wondering, I want to hear some lane splain. <laughs> I haven't heard any lane splaining in a while. And um, I would just love to hear something that's going on with you. Yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. I <laughs> said Elaine is too white. Um, okay. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to share. I have a cultural corner. Is that okay? Or is that? Oh, yes. No, nice. that's like the, you know what? Cultural corner with Elaine Splain. <laughs> so I am such a nerd. You know, and I, I grew up trying to hide my nerdiness, trying to be a cool kid. And I, I was a cool party girl for, for a long time, but I love museums. I love going and I'm, I've become quite a connoisseur of, oh, look at the curation and look at the, how they laid this out. And um, it is fascinating to me. And, and how can you make something appeal to cross, genera- cross generations, right? So I've been in Philly a lot and I wanted to go see the Museum of the American Revolution. And we happened to be going and we happened to be on a free day. And and we got there just when they were giving like the last um, armbands out. And so, and then another thing I love to do is like when I go to a restaurant, ask the waiter, what's the best thing? What, what do you like? And so same at the museum. What's the best thing? You know, these people have seen it a million times. So they're going to tell you what you can skip or whatever. So people kept saying, oh, you got to do Washington's tent. It's $5, but it's, it's really cool. And like three different people said that. And several of them said, it's my favorite thing. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And so they have this huge, it's like this big thing. You go in and there's a whole movie about Washington and how he stayed in his tent with his troops the entire war. And most generals never did that. Servant leadership, man. That's one reason he, you know, prevailed. And they make this huge big deal about the tent and how he lived in the tent with his manservant and Hamilton and all these different people and, and how you know they were in that cold, cold winter. And so you really, it, it was really cool. They set up the context of the tent. And then mm-hmm. after the five minute movie or seven minute movie or whatever, it slowly raises and you see the tent and it's behind glass and you're not supposed to take pictures or videos or anything to protect it, but you get to see it. And it's really cool. Like from 1776, it's a tent. It's a really, you know, and, you see how big it was and, and how they held it down into the, you know, it was just like, Wah! and then before you can try to fake a picture or whatever, it goes down and that's it. And, um, but it was so cool because it really oh. set up the context of it and it made it so much more special than if you just walk into a room and they're like, there's a tent, you know, um, <laughs> and this is how we do it. Right. This is how we do. Okay, good. He's saying, yeah, I'm so happy. So, um, and then the rest of the museum was awesome. And they're like, oh, you can get through it in two hours. No, no. I was, I, I always start out reading everything and then I start skipping a few things, but I like to read not Mm -hmm. every detailed thing, but you know, anyway, so I got like halfway through it and we got kicked out, but it was so cool. And I'm always like, was I drunk during history? You know, was I, because (laughs) I, I mean, I grew up Texas public schools. We studied Texas history. I can tell you about oh. the Alamo 
until the cows come home. But anyway, it just, if you get a chance to go, it's an awesome museum. And ironically, it was, you know, kind of close to the 4th of July. And so it was, it was cool. And it was, it gave me hope that it was jam packed with people, with all kinds of people. And so that, you know, people are wanting to learn about our, our nation and, and the capital and the history that maybe you slept through history in school for. So anyway, that's my cultural corner. Oh, it's awesome. Rain. And the rockets red glare. And, and it's awesome because, um, you know, George Washington, they really wanted to make him into a king as much as they were trying, as much as they were trying to, um, not not sort of reproduce a, a monarchy, right? Right. I mean, a lot of what's written today, a lot of what we're talking about today in the political sphere has to do with what they were writing, what they were trying to avoid back then because they didn't want us to be a, a, a monarchy. And he he really turned that down. You know, they wanted to elevate him and he was pretty darn human. I mean, he, he we're talking about a pretty imperfect person. At the same time, he was put down a lot in Congress and he was bad-mouthed a lot. Really? He was. Yes. Um, if you read um, ha- the Hamilton book by John- Ron Chernow, right, right. it's it's so fascinating to read. When you read the book, you're just like, oh, my gosh, human beings are still doing the same things. Right. And so you you just yeah, you you, you just see that um, that he it was more important to him to do the job that he was supposed to do and have faith in the people he was going to have faith in, then market himself and make himself look good. Mm-hmm. So the people who like to market themselves and make themselves look good, who did where there was a huge space between what they were saying they were and what they really were. Um, you know, it, it, it was, people were able to kind of like trounce all over him. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it is a case of uh, using your power for good or the person who used his power for good winning the day. And thank God that happened. Otherwise, our government would be in even worse shape, you know, because why? Humans. Right. Hum- yeah. No, you know, was, we're I, human. I did read that book and I loved it. Clearly, I must have skipped, forgotten a few things, but I love, I didn't realize how precarious things were, you know. And, and, and they always seem to be, you know, we always <laughs> do seem to be in this state of, you know, what we believe to be right and what we need or, you know, people who live ideally, who live in ideals and people who live in the in the real world um, there. You know, there are people who can afford to live in ideals because they can they can kind of build a fence or something that that helps them sort of create the environment that they want and not have to interact too often. Right. Doug came home yesterday from his uh, two weeks uh, oh, long on the film and he came back to the city. So he was staying in a farmhouse for two weeks in this rural part of Pennsylvania. And they were filming. He comes back to the city. We get in the rental car. We get stuck in traffic, horrible traffic. It's pouring rain right the moment we get out of the rental car center. We get on the subway. They're so slow and they're more packed than I've than they've ever, ever been. And so I turned to him and I said, welcome home, honey. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, you know, New York, this is New York at its most, as finest and it's not finest. Yeah. You know, um, but, wow. you know just, just. being human, being human. So Kathy, tell us, tell me, you know, if you, um, who you love to work with and, and what you do for people, what's your mission? So my mission is to end needless workplace suffering. 
And what I mean by that is all the stuff that's that's optional in work. So things like you might recognize this fake work, you know, people who create <laughs> fake work. I can help you strategize around that so that it doesn't take the mental toll. The thing that we were that the great example you gave earlier, Elaine, of how you made those mental shifts. And I'm so good at helping people with that. And um, and also just for your own self, always being able to tap into who you are, where you are in the workplace and not taking things personally, mm-hmm. learning how to navigate that way. So that's who I love to help because I was that person that came home in tears, even though at the workplace I was on fire, da, 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 da. I would come home absolutely spent. I'm convinced that's why I got cancer because I couldn't, you know, mm. and so it took a long time for me to be able to figure out how to work in, in the workaday world. And now that I know how to do that, I want to help other people be able to do it because I think you should love work. No, I'm not going to say you should, but there's no reason not to really love what you do. Right. I love it. And you, my lady? Well, I do. You know, it's funny. I I help people with the mental blocks against telling their story. And we all have visibility blocks. I don't care if you're used to speaking in front of 5,000 people. If Oprah was going to feature you, you would be like, ah, or something. Everybody has a version of that. And so I help people get break through their mental blocks and emotional blocks about how they look on camera and telling their story and, and how there's so much power in being vulnerable. And there's a way to be credible and share your expert wisdom and still be real and authentic. And it's, it's a balance. And I absolutely love doing it. I love pulling the gold out of people. And I believe that, um, you know, when we share our stories, we help save the world. We couldn't end on a better note. All right. Woo! Drop the mic. Thank you, Kathy Chaos. That's fun. Bye. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was. Yay! You made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited you were here. Feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or Kathy at kathykeegan.com or Elaine at captivatethecrowd.com. See you next time.